48K News. It's one o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. The headlines, legal scholar Benny Tai vows to appeal his dismissal by the University of Hong Kong. The Red Cross Blood Transfusion Service appeals to people to give blood and the president of the Public Doctors Association says we don't need help with the virus pandemic from mainland doctors. Legal expert Benny Tai says he'll appeal his dismissal from the University of Hong Kong, describing his sacking as a blow to academic freedoms. Candice Wong reports. In a statement, Benny Tai indicated he'd appeal against his dismissal to the chief executive Carrie Lam, saying he couldn't let her shy away from an incident he said dealt a blow to academic freedoms. Mr Tai said it would be hard for the appeal to be a success. He also said he was discussing with his legal team on whether to launch a judicial review. He stressed this wouldn't stop his research and teaching on the rule of law and that he planned to complete a book on that for the general public. The University of Hong Kong's governing council last night voted to sack the associate law professor for misconduct over his criminal offences related to the 2014 Occupy movement. Professor Tai was sentenced to 16 months in prison over public nuisance charges but is out on bail pending an appeal. The hospital authority says a coronavirus patient died this morning taking the death toll linked to COVID-19 here to 24. The 76-year-old female patient with multiple chronic illnesses is believed to have contracted the virus in a ward at Queen Elizabeth Hospital. She suffered from shortness of breath caused by heart failure at the end of last month and stayed in the same ward as the first patient in the cluster, a 92-year-old woman who was confirmed later to have the coronavirus. She was considered a close contact and also tested positive for the virus. Her condition deteriorated last week and she passed away today. The Hong Kong Red Cross Blood Transfusion Service has called on people to give blood as the COVID-19 pandemic has caused a significant drop in blood donations. Its chief executive and medical director, Dr Lee Chirk Kwong, said the situation is worrying as there's only three to four days supply left at local blood banks. He reassured members of the public that the chance of contracting the virus through blood donation or transfusion is extremely low. We have made use of all the precautionary measures to make sure that everyone comes in the donation menu, including donor and staff are protected. Although at the moment we uh, do not have any blood donation screening test for the virus, but with the, uh, a lot of combination of the effort, we make use the blood is safe for the clinical use. So the donor is safe, the environment is safe, everything is safe. The president of the Public Doctors Association says although Hong Kong is recording over 100 new coronavirus cases each day, the situation is still better than she expected. Yesterday there were 106 new cases, down from 145 the day before. Arasina Ma says the government needs to prepare more isolation beds, given the number of confirmed cases at home waiting to be admitted to hospitals. But Dr Ma says Hong Kong doesn't need any extra manpower from the mainland, as has been suggested. We're also cutting surgeries, cutting outpatient clinics. So for some specialists, like orthopedic surgeons, actually they are not busy at the moment. So they can join a medical team and help. And also there are many perfect doctors. Actually their business is a bit quiet at this moment. They also show their interest that they would like to help. So for letting the mainland healthcare workers to come, this is a very complicated issue. Because once they come, I think it is for safeguard issues. They need to put under quarantine period. 
All dine-in services are suspended for a week from today as the government tightens its anti-epidemic measures. Some restaurants placed out-of-service notices on their tables, while others cordoned them off. Many office workers were seen buying takeaways, saying they'll bring the food back to their workplace. But some construction workers were seen eating outside restaurants or on the street. Some said the ban on dining in was very difficult for them as they had no offices to go to or any decent place to eat. The United States and Australia have held high-level foreign policy and defence talks in Washington, pledging enhanced military cooperation in the face of a more assertive China. The US Secretary of State Mike Pompeo praised Australia for standing up to Beijing. The United States commends the Morrison government for standing up for democratic values and the rule of law, despite intense, continued, coercive pressure from the Chinese Communist Party to bow to Beijing's wishes. It is unacceptable for Beijing to use exports or student fees as a cudgel against Australia. We stand with our Australian friends. Australia's Foreign Minister Maurice Payne said Canberra and Washington had a shared interest in a free and prosperous Asia-Pacific region. The mainland has reported more than 100 new coronavirus cases as it battles an outbreak in Xinjiang. The northwestern region accounted for 89 of the new cases, with another eight in the northeastern province of Liaoning and one in Beijing. There were another three imported cases. Xinjiang's outbreak centres on its capital and largest city of Urumqi, where authorities have isolated some communities, restricted public transport and ordered widespread testing. Mainland China has a total of just over 84,000 cases and just over 4,600 deaths. Random blood tests carried out by the municipal authorities in India's financial capital Mumbai show over half the people living in the city's crowded slums have had the coronavirus. The comparable figures for those who don't live in slums are much lower. Here's the BBC's Sanjay Dasgupta. Mumbai is one of the world's largest cities with a population that's estimated to be almost 20 million. A significant proportion are forced to live in overcrowded slums. When the city authorities tested people randomly, 57% of slum dwellers were found to have coronavirus antibodies. Mumbai has reported over 110,000 infections and more than 6,000 deaths so far. But as elsewhere in India, experts point out that the lack of adequate testing could mean that actual numbers are much higher. The Indian state of West Bengal has extended its partial coronavirus lockdown until the end of August. An official said schools and colleges would remain closed. Various Indian states have reimposed partial or full restrictions after struggling to contain the outbreak. The number of confirmed infections across India has now surpassed 1.5 million. Italy's Prime Minister Giuseppe Conte has asked the country's Senate to approve extending the state of emergency to October because of the continuing coronavirus pandemic. The current measure is due to expire at the end of the month. Mr Conte said such powers were still essential. I can assure you that there is no intention on the part of the government, on my part or on the part of ministers, to dramatise or feed unjustified fears in the population. The decision to extend the state of emergency is in no way due to a desire to create an unjustified alarm. On the contrary, with the extension of the state of emergency, we will continue to maintain all those operational and functional measures and initiatives that make our country much safer. President Trump has hailed a deal with the technology company Kodak as an important step towards achieving pharmaceutical independence for the United States. 
His administration has approved a $765 million loan to Kodak to produce chemical components for essential drugs, a new field for a company best known for camera and films. Mr Trump said it was part of his plan to bring manufacturing home to America. Today my administration has taken a momentous step toward achieving American pharmaceutical independence. Very, very big, big step. A focus of our campaign to bring America's critical supply chains and medical manufacturing back to the USA. We've been working on this for a long time. This is a core of our strategy to protect our people from the horrible China virus. The Democratic Party presidential contender Joe Biden has promised to spend tens of billions of dollars to help people of color overcome economic inequality if he wins the election in November. In a speech in his hometown of Wilmington, Mr Biden promised to boost opportunities for black, Latino and Native American businesses. Under my plan, we will mobilize the biggest investment in rebuilding our country since World War II, creating millions of good-paying union jobs. It includes a historic investment in federal procurement. Under my proposal, we'd make sure those goods and services are American-made and American supply chains, like American steel for building and energy-efficient vehicles and battery technology and so on. Mr Biden sharply criticised President Trump, accusing him of intentionally stoking the flames of racism and division. Democrats in the US Senate have published a report highly critical of the way Mike Pompeo has run the State Department. Here's the BBC's Barbara Plett-Usher. The report finds that many of the issues which disrupted the State Department after the election of Donald Trump have persisted well into his first term. It says the agency has been weakened by continued vacancies at senior levels, disrespect for the work of career employees, and a loss of expertise. And it accuses Mike Pompeo of failing to defend his own staff from attacks by political appointees. The Secretary of State has pushed back strongly against such complaints, arguing that Democrats have blocked many of the administration's nominees for political reasons. The State Department's swagger is fully back, said a spokesperson, using one of Mr. Pompeo's favorite phrases. President Trump's Attorney General has, in testimony to House lawmakers, defended the federal government's response to unrest in Portland, Oregon. William Barr said rioters were no longer connected to legitimate anti-racism protesters calling for reform. Mr. Barr told the committee those being targeted by federal officers, though they were not normal protesters. The rioters have come equipped for fight, armed with powerful slingshots, tasers, sledgehammers, saws, knives, rifles, and explosive devices. Inside the courthouse are a relatively small number of federal law enforcement personnel charged with with a defensive mission to protect the courthouse. What unfolds nightly around the courthouse cannot reasonably be called protest. It is, by any objective measure, an assault on the government of the United States. To finance news, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 24,717. That's 55 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $56 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 105.04 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 17 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 1 cent. And now with the sports news, here's Atom Chern.
We start with rugby. Sonny Bill Williams is set for a return to Australian Rugby League. The former All Black star says he's agreed to a short-term deal with the Sydney Roosters after receiving a call from coach Trent Robinson. Williams is currently under contract with the Toronto Wolfpack, who had to withdraw from the England-based Super League season because of the coronavirus pandemic. Everyone knows it's um, no secret that I'm pretty close with the, the lads at the Roosters. Um, Nick and Trent, you know, I stay in contact with them now and then. And Trent just gave me a call and just uh, inquired about what, what was happening over here. And Nick hit me up and asked if I had a couple of months of me to come back. And I, I had, to be honest, I had, uh, hadn't trained for a bit. Um, I, I'd been in holiday, on holiday mode. We actually booked a, um, booked flights. With the me and my wife booked flights for us for a little family European um, holiday, bro. It's just a challenge, you know. It's just a challenge that I just get so excited about, and it lights that fire inside of you, you know. Major League Baseball has suspended all games involving the Miami Marlins at least until Sunday. It follows an outbreak of COVID-19 cases amongst the squad, and is affecting teams across the league. The BBC Seth Bennett reports. 15 of their 30 players have found themselves positive with coronavirus. One of them has been retested uh, and found to be negative, but they have to keep waiting. You have to have a 24-hour period between two negative tests before you can look to move on. So they're on ice for the moment. Players are concerned, but also the staff. It was going to be hard for the first sport to go back. Baseball, though, have found themselves bitten here, and they're scrambling like mad to try and get something on the table that's going to see them continue to be able to operate through the regular season. To football in Italy and the race for second in the Serie A. Second place Inter beat Napoli 2-0 while third place Atalanta came from a goal down to win 2-1 at Parma. Atalanta trail Inter by a point. They'll face each other in Bergamo in the season finale on Saturday. Board members of the English club Bournemouth are expected to discuss whether to pursue legal challenge over the goal line technology error that occurred in a Premier League match between Aston Villa and Sheffield United in June. The operating company Hawkeye apologized after Sheffield United were denied a goal when the ball had crossed the line. The match finished nil-nil. Villa ended the season one point above Bournemouth, who got relegated. And as you look at sports. Thanks, Adam. To end the news, the top stories once again. Legal scholar Benny Tai vows to appeal his dismissal by the University of Hong Kong. The Red Cross Blood Transfusion Service appeals to people to give blood. And the president of the Public Doctors Association says we don't need help with the virus pandemic from mainland doctors. That's the news and sport from RTHK.
Welcome to Wednesday's 123 show. Yes, it's the 29th of July already. I'm Karen Ko with you today until 3 o'clock. I seem to be doing a lot of Wednesdays. I guess it's my favorite day. Anyway, I'm going to get you through the hump day with um, some interesting talk and some great music. After 1.30, I'll be talking to Jeff Rotemeyer, who's the founder of Impact Hong Kong, an NGO which helps the homeless in Hong Kong. And we're going to talk to Jeff and get an update on how the homeless are coping as the COVID-19 restrictions here get tighter. Cruzan McCalligan will be back after 2.30 with a brand new audio column. And this week, we're going to chat to Cruz about the common myths around and the overlooked magic of goldfish. Yes, those lovely little gold pet fish that you might have or you might have had. And uh, I'll also be playing some great music, including a preview of some albums that are coming out at the end of this week. There's quite a lot of albums coming out on Friday, so I've got a few songs to preview for you. And don't forget, I'd love to hear from you. So if you want to reach out to me with any questions or comments, you can reach me by email on kohk at rthk.hk, kohk at rthk.hk, or you can find me on Facebook at Karen on Radio 3. And we have um, lots of good music coming up for you. This uh, next one is a newish one from Love Fame Tragedy. 